This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, September 12th. Corey, we have some high school volleyball on the air tonight. A little bit of a Highway 71 rivalry. Uh, Yeah, in fact, it is non-conference volleyball. Sabika Trojans travel to uh, the Park Rapids area Panthers. The Panthers come into tonight's contest uh, still searching for their first victory of the season. They're 0-4, having dropped their first four matches of the season to Nevis, Rozo, Frazee, and Bemidji. Uh, Looking ahead, they do play in a big tournament this weekend in Walker. Looks to be... Uh, close to a, a dozen teams involved with that. Uh, the Sabika Trojans come into tonight's contest at 4-5 and five overall. They won their first two matches of the season over Norman County East Eulen Hitterdahl and Walker Hackensack Akeley before losing to Browerville Eagle Valley and Wadena Deer Creek. And then over the weekend, they played in the uh, Ada Borup Tournament where they went 2-3, and three, uh, losing to Kitson County Central in Faustin, beating Climax Fisher in Red Lake Falls, and then losing to Underwood. So uh, that'll be tonight on the Superstation K106. Uh, it's scheduled for about a 7-15 pregame, um, but as is usually the case with high school volleyball, it will likely go a little early. So the Trojans and Panthers, 105.9 FM, the Superstation K106, online, WadenaRadio.com, and worldwide One via word. your Superstation K106 app. All right, there we go. High school volleyball tonight on the Superstation. And, you know, Corey, uh, if you want a little more pr- in, uh, insight, if you want a little more pretext to this matchup, you know what you could do? You could go to WadenaRadio.com, or you could go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, and you can check out the Morning Sports Desk where we talk with Sabika Activities Director John Loquist. We talked to him last Friday, and he talked a little bit about the volleyball team and the football team and the cross-country team and more. Uh, but you can hear him talk specifically about volleyball and some of the things that they have going for them and kind of what their plans are for the season. So if you want more coverage, you can go back and listen to Friday's show. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so switching gears to Major League Baseball, Corey, the Minnesota Twins, they uh, got stung by the Rays 7-4 last night. Uh, Sonny Great, and uh, he didn't pitch very long. I think he got maybe through four innings, was a little shaky. Dylan Floro comes in in a 4-1 ball game and decides to give up a three-run home run on an 0-2 pitch or, or something along. It was a, it was a 2-1 game. Then Dylan Floro comes in, gives up a home run. The very next inning, Brent Hedrick gives up a few runs. The Twins are down 7-1. Royce Lewis tries to make it a game by hitting a three-run bomb. Uh, It was 7-4, but that's what the Twins end up losing by. Uh, The Twins pitched a lot of their long relief guys in this game. Uh, So you saw Dylan Floro, you saw Brent Hedrick, you saw Josh Winder, uh, guys like that pitching because the Twins still don't have an off day until next Thursday, so... They're trying to make sure they don't uh, exhaust some of those bullpen guys. You're down 7-1. Good time to burn up some of those guys. Uh, But the real moral of the story is, Corey, the Twins may have lost, but Cleveland got walked off by the San Francisco Giants last night, meaning the Twins' magic number is now down to 11 games. The magic number is 11. And And there's 18 games left in the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 18 sounds right. 18 games to go. The Twins' magic number is 11. Remember, that is a combination of either Twins wins or Cleveland losses. So uh, I always like to find random pictures of people who wore the number. Like, you know, like 
11, somebody might find a picture of Jorge Polanco and be like, oh, Twins magic number is 11. No, no, no. I, I found Jason Bartlett uh, 2014 when he wore number 11. That's uh, that's my number. I didn't know that. I didn't know he wore number 11. Because and... I think Jamie Carroll had eight at the time. The obvious answer uh, would be, for people my age, would be Chuck Knobloch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you got to find those like really obscure, like, oh my gosh, that guy wore... So, like, if you wanted to find Sal Butera or something like that, he wore number 11 when he was with the Twins. Did he really? Yeah. Are you sure? That's uh, according to Baseball Almanac, yes. He didn't wear number 41? Oh, let's do that this. Was, that was Drew Butera, his oh, son. yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then, wait, I have a question. You said Bartlett? Bartlett? Didn't Bartlett wear 18? He did the first time around. But remember when, like, he signed a minor league deal? Remember, like, when Terry Ryan decided to get the band back together and he signed, like, uh, Jason Bartlett? He wanted to sign Johan Santana to, like, a minor league contract. He wanted to sign uh, Kyle Loesch. You know, like, he wanted to bring back all those early 2000s twins. I think he brought back, like, oh, he brought back Jason Kubel. And Jason Kubel wore 13 because Josh Willingham was 16. That I do remember. I remember Kubel looking very strange. Yeah. In a different number. Yeah, Bartlett, I don't think he even cracked a big league team. I think they cut him, like, halfway through the year. Yeah, it turns out, uh, look, for all of the uh, flack that Falvey gets running the Twins, and a lot of it deserved, uh, those those last few Terry Ryan years were pretty brutal in terms of roster construction. There's always a reason why the last years are typically somebody's last years. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and bringing in guys like that does not... Uh, does not help the situation. Like, oh, they just signed Johan Santana and Jason Bartlett and Jason Kubel. Oh, wow, that is, that's that's pretty good. What, what right. was the year? Two thousand six? No, twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a good sign that they were going to be doomed no matter what. So let's just try to get some fan favorites back in here let's and get, hope nobody notices. Can we get some butts and seats? The target field is new. Effect is wearing off. Oh yes, the long known historical Twins draw. Jason Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the piranhas are back. Him and Jamie Carroll, those Gardy would Gardy loved pencil in those guys in the lineup. Oh, well, he didn't have a choice. Those <laughs> were the only guys there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh so that's pretty much your twins update. The magic number is yeah. at eleven. Uh they play two more games with the Rays. Basically, the goal is just win one of those two. Tampa's a good team. The most frustrating part about Tampa Bay, Corey, is that they find They'll have every single bullpen guy is named Kevin Johnson, and he looks like he's an accountant, but yet he throws 97 miles an hour with nasty junk. And that's the strength of the Tampa Bay Rays is that they take, remember Zach Littell, twins pitcher Zach Littell? Uh, He was like a random twin. He wasn't very good up and down. He went to the bullpen. He tried to start. Uh, He's now a bona fide starter for the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm -hmm. That's not even a knock on the twins. That's just how the Tampa Bay Rays work their devil ray magic on everybody. Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, there's nothing else to, whatever it is, there's just some voodoo that happens. Um, I don't know, it's it's awesome, because they're always relevant. They're always relevant, it's weird. They're what Oakland wants to be. Like, Oakland always gets the darling money ball theory, like, they get the money ball treatment of, like, oh, they scrounge and they, they pinch pennies, but they still win. Tampa Bay does that better than Oakland does. They're what everyone wants to be outside of, like, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Yankees. Yeah, pretty much. So, like, this, it's really interesting when you watch how the Rays operate and when you watch how the Rays manage games and do everything. 
that's kind of what the Twins always try and be. I always say Falvey kind of wants to make the Twins Tampa Bay light, and you can see that because when Falvey first came to the Twins, he hired a bunch of people from, like, first of all, they, uh, like, tripled the size of their scouting and development department and, like, the research and right. and everything to try and modernize the, the Twins. <laughs> Which are, was overdue. Yeah, it was, the, like, the Twins finally were, like, they increased their research staff, their analytics staff, whatever, and they hired a lot of guys from Tampa Bay. Rocco Baldelli was the Tampa Bay Rays bench coach. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they just hire a lot of guys who came from that philosophy and that school of thinking. Now, it doesn't, now, like, they do things a little bit differently. It's not like a pure carbon copy. But, like, if you want, like, the blueprint and the model for what the Twins try and do, if you, like, scratch your head, just, like, think of, like, would Tampa Bay do that? And that's kind of, and if the answer is yes, then like, oh, I get it. And if the answer is no, then I got nothing for you on that one. True. Uh, So last thing to talk about with the sports desk today, Corey, is uh, I don't know if you watched last night's Monday Night Football game. A little, yeah. I was in and out. I didn't watch the beginning, and all of a sudden I got a thing on my phone that said Rodgers comes off the field. I'm like, oh, that's not good. But, like, he's Rodgers. He usually kind of comes out and pops back in and whatever. And, like, no, he's carted off. I'm like, a bunch of doctors on Twitter, which I don't really like. They always go on and they speculate inju- what an injury diagnosis is, despite not being there to actually see it in person. I was like, no, he, I think he tore his Achilles. And I'm like, I'm not believing that. And then as the night goes on, it's like, oh, no, he may have actually tore his Achilles. You can see it like a guitar strum, like pop. Like, remember Muhammad Ibrahim with the Gophers? We could see it like pop in l- real time. And I think we saw that last night with Rodgers. I think he's four snaps into his Jets career, and he's he's done for the year. He's he's going to be done. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the the one particular video you're referencing, and I can't quite if it is an Achilles injury, mm-hmm. and that's what it looks like. Um, it's gross looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're like, oh, that's you can see like the ripple of his calf. Uh huh. And you can see, here's the other thing I would say about an Achilles injury is when you get a complete tear, um, it hurts, but it's not like a high ankle sprain, like the other injury they think it is. A high ankle sprain will writhe you in pain. You'll just be on the floor rolling around. It's going to really, really suck. And an Achilles, if it's a clean break, it just kind of like... You don't have any tension there at all. So if there's no tension, there can't be any pain. And he was pretty calm about the entire situation. He just kind of sat down. I've seen one Achilles injury in person before. Uh-huh. And when it happened, she she uh, she fell down like immediately because there's nothing there to hold you up. But she goes, what hit me? And... <laughs> Nothing hit her. What happened was her Achilles snapped. You know what I mean? Gross. Uh, yeah, super gross. Yeah, uh, but she. But there was no like. It hurt. It started to hurt as it went on, but like there was no immediate. Her reaction was what hit me in the back of the leg. Not oh my gosh, this is the most painful thing mm-hmm. ever. We just have to walk you. <laughs> we just have to help you off the court. So, um, if it is an Achilles, he's done. It's weird to think this might be the last time we ever see Aaron Rodgers play football again. That's it's weird. Four snaps as a Jet, and things just go completely off the rails. It's uh, perfectly on brand for Jets football, uh, if I'm being quite honest. But yes. Uh, uh, anyway, it sucks for them. By the way, there are some people, especially Vikings fans, who are like, Haha, "Yes, that's what you get for having a weird off season," and uh-huh. uh huh. All those that really. 
I don't know, man. That stinks a lot. It does. It does for that entire Jets fan base. And also the Packer fans are going to be very smug coming around like, oh, looks like we got off him at the right time. Like, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, there is one last thing I want to mention with the sports desk today, Corey. So with the yeah. Rodgers injury, it's got me thinking, uh, do you remember any times like the Jets where it's early enough in the season and there's just an injury that just completely decimates the entire outlook of a season. Do you have like any that come to mind? Like as a Minnesota sports fan of just like, I was so excited about this year and this one guy got hurt and like, it was over. Like I, the se- enjoying that season was gone. The most obvious answer is probably the Teddy Bridgewater injury. That uh-huh. was super demoralizing. Um, the other one was, I remember Vikings fans in general and the Vikings in general were very complimentary of Chad Greenway out of yep. college. And then he hurt himself in the ver- like the opening kickoff of the season and was done for the year. Um, but the the Bridgewater one is the one that comes to mind as the most like, right? Like, oh my god, he was. It's over. This is over. <laughs> it just really stunk. Yeah, it's one of those where like it. It's a quarterback. It was like his third year. It looked like things were going to take off, and then not only did it throw that season off, but like it changed the entire. As we talked about off air, it changed the entire entire trajectory of the Vikings franchise. Like Kirk Cousins is not with the Vikings if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't completely rip up his knee. Right. Like that. I. It, it's crazy that, to think about that. That Teddy Bridgewater injury changed like the course of the NFL. Uh-huh. There's Be- a weird butterfly effect with because, that. Yeah, because it was like if if without it, Sam Bradford doesn't come here, um, Carson Wentz doesn't get drafted, he doesn't get hurt, Nick Foles doesn't get his out. It's like, just a really um that was a weird that was a weird injury in the in the course of NFL history too. Yeah, uh, another one would be Ricky Rubio. Remember, like the the Wolves, like in 2012, they were like a game out of a playoff spot, and everybody was so excited for them. They were a game at the eighth seed, and they were finally going to snap that playoff drought. And then he tore his ACL like the next game, and the Wolves immediately imploded. There are other Wolves injuries: Sam Cassell and Troy Hudson, and what was it, oh three, oh four, something like that, uh-huh. where KG had to play point against the Lakers. That was pretty, yeah, um, devastating. Oh, and then every Byron Buxton injury: Francisco Liriano hurting his shoulder before the oh six playoffs. Yeah. Uh, All right, I gotta go. All right. Well, on that note, uh, this is on this uh, really positive note. This has been the morning sports desk for Tuesday, September twelfth.